Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All righty, this is Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio, hour number three of our radio program. I need to, like, go get a massage or I need to go do, like, uh, a little yoga or some deep breathing exercises, I am still fired up from the last segment that we just did where like there's sometimes you just give a take and like you're slamming someone and you know, it is what it is. It's part of the job and yeah, you're annoyed by it, but it doesn't like affect the way that you feel and affect the rest of your day. This article by Ty Dunn with Sean McDermott and exposing Sean McDermott just, Oh, Makes me furious. And, you know, I just went off on it for 20 minutes. And Sean McDermott, if you missed it, is like the biggest moron on the planet these days. I have never gone from liking and supporting a coach more and then doing a 180 as quick as I've done on uh, Sean McDermott. Because the fact that at one training camp, he thought it was a good idea. And if you just get into the car, it's like almost as if you're, like, you're not even going to believe what the words that are going to come out of my mouth. That he thought it was a good idea to basically use the terrorists of 9-11 and their communication skills to attack our country and how he wanted to show a message of communication to his team using that as the example. I said it 9,000 times in the last segment. It's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard a human being use as an example. And I just had this feeling in my body right now where like I am just angry, like really angry. And annoyed with how sensitive of a topic that is. And even as sensitive a topic as it is to him. Because we just played you the audio. Like he had a friend die in 9-11. And he would just use that as an example. To show a message to your team. Oh. It makes me sick. It really does. Uh, but we'll try to move on here. Nicole Auerbach going to join us. Coming up in about 18 minutes from now. College football insider for The Athletic. Also uh, works for NBC Sports. Uh, So we'll chat some uh, college football happenings with her. And when we get into college football, there's a few reports out there today that the Michigan Wolverines and Jim Harbaugh are zeroing in on a long-term extension, be about $11 million a year on a five-year contract. And the Wolverine is reporting 
that there would be a clause in that contract that's being talked about right now that Jim Harbaugh couldn't pursue an NFL job this offseason. Now, the whole thing to me, you know, my antenna's up on this one, and, like, I'm just trying to figure out what's Jim Harbaugh's long-term goal. What's his vision? Because for Jim Harbaugh, you know, we know you want to go back to the NFL. You wouldn't have sat in a 12-hour meeting and in an interview with the Vikings if it was just for a contract negotiation. And then last year, you knew he dipped his toe in the NFL waters again, but it didn't feel like the NFL was interested in him. So now, you're going to go probably agree on, and I'll believe they'll agree on the extension when it happens, because how many times have we heard, like, they're close, and then something happens, and blah, blah, blah with Jim Harbaugh. But now you're going to agree on a five-year deal that's going to pay you about $11 million. $11 million a year. And... That isn't enough to say to Michigan that you're all in on Michigan and there's still that fear that Harbaugh will go back to the NFL where you need to put a clause in the contract. It's not even, oh, you don't talk to the NFL for the next two, three years. It's just this offseason. So what, Harbaugh going to get a new deal or get uh, more money added on and then... He'll take that $11 million this year, and then next year an NFL team comes calling, and he's gone, he's done. So I think for Harbaugh, you have to make a decision here. And I know people could change their priorities in life and things like that, but every step of the way, and I'm not doubting Jim Harbaugh's love for Michigan. We know he played there. Now he's the coach there. You could see when he's on the podium at the Big Ten Championship game, he wants none of the attention on him. Right? Everyone was getting ready for that handshake with him and Petiti and all that. And then he goes, oh, give the trophy to Zach Sinter. And then in the post game, uh, he doesn't want to do the interview. He's given the uh, interview off to his uh, young wide receivers, also uh, the kick returner for the team. So he didn't want the spotlight really on him. So there is like a real genuine love that he has for Michigan, the history of the Michigan, uh, Michigan Wolverines, what it stands for, being a part of that team in multiple ways and that university in multiple ways. But throughout that, in a time where he has brought Michigan back, he almost is like kind of on a date. And he's on a date with like, let's say a really good looking girl, attractive girl, like seven and a half, eight out of 10, right? Like your buddies are saying, oh, hey, you know, look at who you're dating. That's a good date. It's a good poll for you. But then the moment someone slightly more attractive walks by and has like a bigger bank account, let's just say, his eyes are wandering. And he's like, oh, maybe I'll try to pursue that person. And even when the gal is like talking about marriage and he's like, yeah, 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 I want to be together long term, his eyes are keep on looking in the other direction. And his eyes are keep on saying, oh, NFL, NFL, NFL. And even though he stayed, it does feel as if he has, I'm not saying he's not committed to Michigan, but it's one foot in and then one foot out. And you can't argue the results. The results have been spectacular. The Michigan is defeated. Uh, Ohio State, three straight years. They're back in the college football playoff for the third consecutive year. Third year is Big Ten champs. And now it's about getting these next two wins and win a national championship. But basically, if these reports are true, he's ready to sign this five-year deal, about $11 million a year. That should be enough where you think he's staying. 
But then the part where I go, wait, he may not stay through the duration of that because now they're putting a clause in the contract for this offseason that he can't leave. Not next or the year after that. And it's almost as if they kind of think that Harbaugh wants to go. Like, this is the way that I interpret this. They believe Harbaugh wants to go and his number one interest is, is the NFL. So they're basically giving him this contract and it's not agreed upon yet. It's just a reporting right now to make sure that he at least returns to Michigan for next year. And at that rate, like I'm trying to put myself in Harbaugh's shoes. I'm not saying you owe it to Michigan because you could do whatever you want, right? You're the king at Michigan right now. But I think you got to make this decision. Do you want the NFL or do you want college? And if you want the NFL, I don't think you agree to this new deal. I, I don't. Now, I understand you could say, well, Zach, what happens if the NFL doesn't want him? Fair point. But I wouldn't sign this deal until after you figure out what the NFL interest is going to be for this offseason. Because I have a tough time believing that there wouldn't be at least a few teams when we could have, what, 10 jobs open this this offseason? Like, you go through it. Just jobs where you could potentially see the coach or you will see the coach lose their job, like either of them. You know, I don't think Robert Sala gets canned in New York, but it's a chance. I don't believe Belichick's back with the Patriots next year. You already have the Raiders job that's opened as well. The Chargers will be open. No one in the uh, AFC North will be open. AFC South, everyone's safe. You look in the NFC East, the Commanders will be open. You know, maybe... uh. McCarthy doesn't get the job done in the playoffs, and he's not back. You know, you, you go through the NFC North, the Bears will be open. And then in the NFC South, you could have the Bucks and the Saints also open. And you have Carolina, who's currently open after firing their coaches back-to-back years. So the last two years, I guess there's been either selective interest from Harbaugh or there's been limited interest from the NFL. I got to think at least three teams are going to want Harbaugh to go coach him this year. Like, David Tepper, you're not going to want him to coach? Josh Harris, you're not going to want him to coach? No. The Bears, you don't want him to coach? So I think my message to Harbaugh would be, figure out what you want. But you signed this new deal. I know that two years ago when he didn't get the Viking job, he's like, oh, this is not going to become a yearly occurrence, but it is. All this new deal does, assuming they put that clause in the contract, that he can't pursue a job this offseason in the NFL, is present, is preventing him from leaving Michigan this offseason. Doesn't prevent him from doing so after the 2024 season. And hey, you have every ability in life to leave a job. You have something that's going to pay you more money. You think it's a better landing spot for you and your family. You could give me all that. But it wouldn't sit right with me. Let's say Jim takes this deal and he just punts this for one more year. And we're back in the same speculation, the same song and dance as we've been the last two years. You know, this third time, you know, I guess you don't want to say it's a charm. But the third time here, it's decision-making time. You either do this deal with Michigan and your intentions of going back to the NFL should fade away. Or you don't do this deal, you wait. And you see who comes calling. Because it's not as if 
let's just say, and I know we could say, oh, well, you lose negotiation powers. If Jim Harbaugh wants a new deal for Michigan and they're giving him $11 million now, that deal's still going to be available in three, four months from now. Now, it's still going to be available in February after the Super Bowl when the hiring process wraps up. It will still be there. So this idea that, let's say, the NFL doesn't give Jim Harbaugh a job, and then the next thing you know, Michigan's going to significantly reduce their offer, yeah, I don't buy that for a second. Because the last one you want to annoy, you know, looking at it from a Michigan side of thing, is, is Jim Harbaugh. Uh, that program, you know, even though it's a legendary, iconic brand, that program on the football field, you know, went through Rich Rod, went through Brady Hoke, went through some dark times. And now, the last three years, even when all odds were against Jim Harbaugh and they even cut his contract, he has totally turned and changed the view and the direction of the Michigan program. And I think it's better for college football. If he stays, I want him to stay. But the actions don't add up to me, even with me wanting him to stay, that Jim wants to stay. I think he's content with being at Michigan. I think he's fine with being at Michigan. I think he's happy being at Michigan. But you sit Jim Harbaugh down, and let's say you strap him up to a lie detector test, right? You got the big burly guy that comes in and, you know, Bald guy, you know, serious voice that traps up uh, Jim Harbaugh and puts him on a lie detector test. You ask him, hey, Jim, coach, Mr. Harbaugh, is your preference to be a coach of an NFL team or the coach of Michigan? He says uh, college team. I think it's a lie. I do. The guy wants to go back to the NFL. Now, you could ask why hasn't he been given another opportunity. It's a great question. Because we've seen guys do a lot less than Jim Harbaugh. Get second opportunities. Adam Gase got a second opportunity. All right? Jim Harbaugh in four years, three NFC title games, and a Super Bowl appearance. Doesn't make sense just because, what, he had a rocky relationship with Trent Baalke in San Francisco? Why no one wants to give this guy an NFL job so far? So make that decision, Jim. Either take this deal and be the guy at Michigan. Or you wait, 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 wait. Go through the hiring process. And then if you don't get the job in the NFL, yeah, you can renegotiate a deal. But I, I don't like this clause where he just can't take the job this offseason. Because all that does is it's up, kick the can down the road. Kick it down the road till next year, and we'll be in the same mess. Because that if that report's true, that there has to be a clause when you just sign a new deal to not leave this offseason, it shows that this guy's preference is to go back to the NFL. All right, it is Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. We'll talk more about this uh, Michigan contract potentially with Jim Harbaugh. Also go around the transfer portal landscape. Continue to talk about Florida State getting squeezed out of the CFP and maybe a little early preview to New Year's Day for the semifinal games. Uh, one of the best college football reporters in the business is Nicole Arbach, and uh, she does a tremendous job for the Athletic and NBC Sports, and she'll join us next on the Zach Gelb Show. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, it is Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. A very busy time for the college football season, even though we're waiting for uh, the bowl games and also the semifinals on New Year's Day because the transfer portal changes all of this right now with so many big-name quarterbacks jumping into the portal. So let's welcome in a tremendous college football insider for the Athletic and NBC Sports, and that's Nicole Auerbach here with us on the Zach Gelb Show. Nicole, appreciate you doing this. How are you? Yeah, hanging in there. I hope you're well. Yeah, thanks so much. So let's start with Michigan. There's been a bunch of reports out there today that I guess they're getting close with the new deal with Jim Harbaugh. Then there's maybe this one clause that he won't pursue an NFL job this offseason. Just what are you hearing when it comes to the Michigan coach and potentially a new deal? Well, I mean, this isn't something that, you know, people have kind of been talking about for a number of months, obviously dating back before the sign stealing allegations even surfaced. But, um, you know, I don't think anything is imminent. Obviously, Michigan wants to keep him and they've been looking at figures that would make him the highest paid coach in the Big Ten. But obviously, there's still a lot of hurdles that need to get taken care of, both in terms of the NCAA investigation and any language that might need to be in there, but also NFL opportunities. And so, um, again, I just I don't think anything is imminent, but I think it's been pretty clear that Michigan wants to retain him, wants to keep him, and use the NFL as kind of the only other avenue for him where they could lose him. Do you think Harbaugh wants to stay at Michigan? Like, we all know he loves the school, but this is now three years in a row we've dealt with all these NFL rumors, if not more than that. Well, I think that it's a totally different decision, right? And I think that's how Michigan folks have looked at it, of like, you know, he's not going to leave his alma mater for a different college program, but if he feels like he has unfinished business in the NFL and wants to prove something, that's a totally different avenue and a totally different decision. So uh, we'll see. I mean, last offseason and if if this, you know, strikes up and becomes a thing again this offseason, these are also under NCAA investigation. So we already know how Jim Harbaugh feels about that. And if he decides that he does not want to deal with it in the fallout, which is going to take a while, you know, that could be another reason that he would pursue any NFL opportunities. But obviously, they also need to want him and, and offer him a job. 
And last year, right right before the start of the season, they couldn't come to an agreement. So Michigan self-imposed that three-game suspension. Then we know with the sign-stealing scandal, he just served a three-game suspension, but that was self-imposed as well. An agreement, right, with the Big Ten, but there's still that NCAA pending investigation. With things now starting to get back on the focus on, on the field, just what are you hearing about the potential uh, punishments that could come from both of those issues, if anything at all? Well, it's still going to be a while to, to figure that out because we still also need to figure out if you know they're going to combine the cases or view Jim Harbaugh essentially as a repeat offender. You know, we already know that the NCAA policy holds head coaches accountable for whatever happens in their program, whether they knew about something directly or not. But even with an accelerated pace, and clearly the NCAA was very aggressive in getting information and moving quickly you know, there's still different points of the processes that are going to slow it down. You know, they're going to eventually give Michigan a notice of allegations that will spell out all the information that they have, but Michigan then gets 90 days to respond to that, then there's a 60-day period of response to that. So this is all still going to be something that we'll be talking about for a while, and if you think about it, those first, the first piece of this related to uh, recruiting violations in the COVID dead period, that's related to COVID, right? So it took years for that even to get to yeah. the point of a potentially negotiated uh, settlement. So, you know, this is just something that we're going to continue to deal with. And I think, you know, we'll, we'll probably be spending a lot of next off season thinking and talking about, there's also no precedent for the types of penalties that we'll see from this because there's, there's not been a case like this in NCAA history. Nicole are back here with us. So the biggest story this week in the sport has been uh, Florida state being left out of the college football playoff. My take has been, yeah, they got screwed, but I also understand what the college football playoff committee did. Uh, where do you stand on Florida State being kept out of the playoff? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't believe the committee did it. I, I think that it goes against nine years of precedent that they set where, you know, every single week I've been on these calls with the selection committee chair where you ask questions and they say that they do not look forward. They do not project. They are basing this off of information and games that have been played and they decided to project and say that they didn't think Florida State could compete and win a national championship so they were leaving them out and you know I just think it was it was the wrong decision it's never been the four best it's never been teams that have you know two losses for example there's never been a two-loss team in the playoff they always have taken the unbeaten power five teams and they always rank them at the top and then they put the one-loss teams and then they put the two-loss teams because it's been about the most deserving. It's been about the resume. And they decided to uh, abandon that because they just didn't think that Florida State could compete at the highest levels, even though they won two games, including a top 15 matchup against Louisville in the ACC championship game with their third string quarterback, who wouldn't even be the one playing in the game. I, I, I just can't believe that they did this to a team that did everything they were supposed to do. Uh, won every single game, resilient when their quarterback, Jordan Travis, goes out for the year. And I just think that the committee clearly did not, um, you know, I, I disagree with the decision, but it was inconsistent philosophically with the rest of the rankings. I don't understand four Alabama, five Florida State, if you then have Florida State ahead of Georgia and you're trying to make the case that you went with the best teams. I would think the team that was ranked number one in the rankings for most of the season Georgia would still be above Florida State if that was the case. So it's been a really frustrating week with all of that. And I, I think that, you know, we're going to continue to be arguing about this all the way through to the semifinals. Like, they're going to be great games. I'm excited for them. 
But, you know, I can still hold that and still be incredibly disappointed in what the committee did. You would think the committee, right, they're rooting for Alabama because Alabama goes and wins and it kind of puts all this conversation to rest, right? Well, I mean, they would probably feel better about it, I, I think, but it's it's really a separate thing in my mind. I mean, even if they had put Florida State in and then they get blown out, like that's separate from whether or not they deserve to be picked. Sure. And, you know, and so I, I think that they would definitely say, and people who supported Alabama and believe that they should have been in there if they go and win it all, certainly will be like, see, we could have had a national championship without this team playing in it. But it was just unfair to not let Florida State play in it. You know, the bunch of suits in a in a meeting room in Texas told them that they weren't good enough to play for a national championship. I think Florida State would have rather that season end on the field, even yeah. if they got beat. You know, at least it's someone not someone just saying, "Hey, we think that team is better than you," or you know, the Vegas odds of this game would be closer. Like that's not what this is supposed to be about. So just wondering, by the sounds of it, you, you would have kept Bama out, right? You put Florida State in, and then the, the other three schools would have been Michigan, Washington, and Texas. That's what you would have done? Yeah, I would have, I would have held to those principles of the head-to-head result for Texas and Alabama, and then, you know, again, an undefeated Power 5 champion. I, I would possibly have put I, – I probably would have put Texas at three and then Florida State at four, but I, I think that that is a defensible top four. It was going to suck for somebody no matter what, but – you know, Alabama in that case would have lost the one game that they couldn't have lost this year. Texas actually was back and actually did all the things and they had comparable resumes and the head-to-head result would have given them the edge. And again, I am basing this off of what I think they have been doing in terms of the resumes and, and the benchmarks that have been cleared in the past to get teams in to compete for this. And again, I know somebody would have been heartbroken and we would have had one of those fan bases, but I just don't think it should have been Florida State. They did literally everything they were told to do, everything they possibly could have done all season. And you end up with the quarterback of that team saying and apologizing that yeah. he wishes he broke his leg sooner. Crazy. One eight. of the craziest statements and selfless statements I've, I've ever seen. seen. And it's yeah. like, so clearly, you know, again, <laughs> I disagree with the decision, but you also didn't explain it well if you've got the quarterback of one of the team that's left out saying that. And they they didn't. I don't think that they were coherent or uh, consistent in their explanation either. Nicole are back here with us. You know, it's kind of funny, right? We sit here all throughout the week and break down what needs to happen for who to get in. And whenever it came down to the Texas conversation, it was, oh, Florida State probably has to win. And of course, Texas has to take care of the Big 12 championship game. The best thing to happen to Texas was Alabama beating Georgia because the committee knew they couldn't put Bama in over Texas. And by doing that, yeah, I guess you could say they screwed Florida State, right? I think that's probably part of it that, you know, it, it, didn't come down to those two teams by the order that they put them in. It came down to Alabama and Florida State. But, yeah, I mean, if you thought that Alabama was one of the best teams in the country, you did have to uh, solve for Texas and, and figure out if you were going to lean into that head-to-head result and if you were going to keep them ahead of Alabama. And they, they should, and they had them ahead of them the entire time that we've had rankings this season. But, you know, there were 12 they were uh, 12-1 and one, uh Non, uh, I'm trying to do the math right with the champ game. Yes, 12 and one Power Five champions with similar resumes. So the head-to-head should have mattered, which is what it did. But yeah, I mean, I think that threw a wrench into all of this and said if you didn't have a team that had just beaten Alabama and over the course of this season, you know, maybe you just put Alabama in, and that other Big 12 champion is the team that gets left out. I do think that's ultimately what it came down to because the committee wanted to adhere to that head-to-head.
You know, from the reporting side of it, what is it like for you right now, Nicole Arbeck, to cover the transfer portal when we have all these big quarterbacks go in and everyone's trying to figure out what school they're going to pick? Well, it's it's definitely different. I mean, it's it's as close to a free agency period as, as we have uh, compared to professional sports. But de- December is just a crazy time period. A lot has been written about the calendar in college football not making a lot of sense because you've got the portal open, you've got coaching changes, you've got the early signing period where most of these most schools sign most of their class now in December as well. And then, you know, we're going to be adding playoff games that are going to be starting earlier in the season, but you have bowl prep. So there's just a lot to manage and a lot to keep an eye on. And then this week you also had Charlie Baker proposing a new subdivision for Division One. So there's just a lot going on, and, and you got to keep track of all of these things. And certainly, you know, the big-name quarterbacks need to know where they go because that's going to be the biggest storylines heading into next season and seeing – you know, how these rosters shake out and it becomes, you know, you go to spring football and you're kind of learning about these teams and then there's another window for the transfer portal. So everything is constantly evolving. I think that's been the biggest change covering these sports is the roster overhaul year to year is, is unprecedented. And so you have to really just stay on it and figure out how these teams change in the course of the off season. And you can't just base it on the number of returning starters or they bring back their quarterback. There's so many other moving pieces. What are you hearing on the uh, Dylan Gabriel and also Cam Ward front on where those uh, next two uh, players could be potentially going to? Well, I think they, you know, they've had conversations with different places and, and we'll get more clarity. I, I don't like to uh, speculate too, too much on them, except for, you know, some of these that were more locked in and like Riley Leonard to, to Notre Dame. And he had the do not contact tag in his spot when he uh, came into the portal. So like th- those things are more, you know, where they're going to go, but I don't want to put any words in any of the players' mouths. But I think, you know, a guy like Cam Ward, if I'm Ohio State, I think that that would be a great addition. And I think that big arm, I I loved Cam Ward. I thought he was a fantastic player and always worth staying up to watch Wazoo games. Um, So I'd be interested in that. And then for Dylan Gabriel, you know, he's obviously accomplished a lot and he lost his offensive coordinator. So, you know, that I think in the system he was in and kind of the roots in in the Art Briles type of offense, there's a lot of coaches out there that run – similar schemes that, you know, he could be looking at. I, I know what Marvin Harrison Jr. said today, but th- there's no way he's going back to Ohio State, right? I can't imagine it. And, I, you know, I saw some people speculating, like, what if Ohio State fans, you know, raise enough NIL money? And it's like the, the, the first, round, first round NFL money is not the same as NIL money. Like, these are not comparable. Like, for a guy like Sam Hartman, who, you know, probably would have been like a, a late-round quarterback draft last year, he gets an opportunity to go be the starting quarterback at Notre Dame. There's going to be NIL opportunities that are going to be worthwhile. But for a top-five pick, absolutely not. So I understand the sentiment, and, and certainly, you know, this is a new uncharted water that we've seen for some of these Ohio State players who are facing down the possibility of never beating Michigan over the course of their career. But you know, I, I think no one can blame him either. I mean, this is life-changing money. This is generational-type money that, you know, you individually can, can earn after not being able to cash in this way. So I, I can't imagine that. that it, it's, that's not comparable to NIL money in, in college sports. I know we have the four finals for the Heisman Trophy, and we'll find out on Saturday who wins it. When you talk to kind of people around college football, do you think more people lead Daniels or do they lead uh, Michael Penix Jr.? Well, I, I think Jane Daniels is the heavy favorite for sure. Um, I, I, the cur- curious piece of all of this that I'm very interested 
you know, once we eventually get the breakdowns as what the margin is and then also regionally because, you know, Michael Penix Jr., I think a lot of people have kind of written him off as a distant third heading into the Pac-12 championship game. And then, you know, you're thinking, okay, it's Bo Nix's opportunity to go out and win it and you just got Jaden Daniels there waiting in the wing. But Michael Penix goes and, and wins the game, goes 2-0 and versus Bo Nix and gets his team to the playoff. And it just felt like every time – that Washington needed a play to stay alive in a game or to put a game away, and they were in a lot of one-score games, you know, Penix was, was able to do something. And I will be curious to see how much that carries for people and, and the fact that he was playing in meaningful games down the stretch, how much that matters. But I, I do expect, you know, that Jaden Daniels will be the guy because it just felt like, and I think Vegas has even shown it, like he was just a very heavy favorite even going into conference championship week. Last thing I'll ask you, Nicole Arbach, who does a great job, college football insider for the Athletic at NBC. We won't hold you to it, but uh, early prediction, who meets up in the national championship game, knowing who your four teams are? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough one because um, it, it's hard to predict. I mean, before the season, I thought Michigan was probably going to – I picked them as my national championship pick. But it's a hard matchup where, you know, Jim Harbaugh's teams have, have struggled after that month layoff. Uh, during December heading into these games, and obviously they've lost the semifinals the last two years. And then you got Nick Saban with a month of preparation, you know, so it's hard to pick against him. But I, I think I'll stick right now, I'll stick with my preseason pick, and I'll go Michigan-Washington for a national championship. Nicole Arbach, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for doing this. All right, thanks for having me. There you go, Nicole Arbach joining us on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. We'll take a break. We'll come on back. We'll update you on some of the biggest stories in the world of sports with some audio. The news brief will take a few phone calls as well. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Update time first. Here he is, the Ackman, Rich Ackerman. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. All righty, let's start off with uh, Trevor Lawrence. So I think we all talked about this on Monday, or was it Tuesday, where we were like, oh, Trevor Lawrence gets injured in the game up against the Bengals, and, right, it's a bad ankle injury, and then you see him hobbling in the hallway. It's like, why didn't he get a cart 
on Monday Night Football. Uh, this is uh, Trevor Lawrence, why he did not use a cart after the We talked about getting a cart, and I was going to get a cart, and then I'm standing there, and I'm, I'm already on the sideline at that point. The tunnel's right there. I just wanted to get off the field, get out of there. I didn't know what was going on with my ankle, and I felt like I could get off. I was like, hey, you're good. Just don't bring it out. I'm going in. And then once I got in there, I'm like, this is a pretty long walk, you know? But I, I was already there, and they asked again if I wanted a cart. I'm like, no, we're going to make it the whole way there. I didn't know there was cameras in the tunnel. But no, it's, of course, we have carts, and I was the one that, that didn't choose to, to take one. So, like, part of me says, okay, you're trying to be the tough guy, Trevor Lawrence, but someone has to say, Trevor, I know you're the franchise, but get your ass on a card. But they didn't do that. Uh, here is Robert Sala responding to Aaron Rodgers' comments about the leaks in the building with the whole Zach Wilson report, and he called it a uh, chicken bleep. That's what uh, Rodgers said earlier in the week to Pat McAfee. Here is the Jets coach. I don't think it's an attack on the organization, but I do. I always uh, appreciate Aaron's uh, thoughts and comments. What's your yeah. take on that? The leaks <laughs> and like not necessarily Aaron's, Aaron saying it, but what do you feel about the leaks? We'll handle all that stuff internally, but uh, like I said, it's, you know, everyone's going to have their thoughts, I've, but those are things we'll handle internally. Do you think it's a problem? No, not at all. You know, I would love to have Robert Sala's salary. I don't, though, am some, I'm not someone that's jealous of what Robert Sala has to do each and every day. Because I do think, like, part of what Rodgers is saying is right, where they're not refuting the report, really, but it's more so how the report got out to, to the reporters, to Diana Rossini and uh, company. So he's going after the organization with there being leaks in the organization, how it's sloppy. And, like, Robert Sala knows, well, the only reason I'm going to have a job next year is because of Aaron Rodgers, and I can't say I fully agree with Aaron Rodgers because I'm going against the organization and saying the organization's sloppy. It's You have to dance through a lot of hula hoops these days if you're Robert Sala. So in the uh, Tennessee-Indianapolis game, uh, Will Levis looked annoyed at DeAndre Hopkins, and he was yelling at DeAndre Hopkins down the sideline. And then once Hopkins uh, got off the field to the sideline, and I guess Will Levis has received some backlash, right? Rookie quarterback, you have this established student to be Hall of Famer in DeAndre Hopkins, and you're yelling at him. Uh, this is Will Levis responding to the backlash from yelling at Hopkins. Yeah, maybe I forgot that I was on TV, but uh, yeah, but um, no, it's just one of those things that just happened. If I would have gone back, I would have been more neutral about it for sure. Um, but that's just part of the, you know, things about being an NFL quarterback and learning along the way of how to be a leader and how to get you guys going. But definitely would have handled it differently if I would have done it again. Yeah, it's weird because, like, he's the quarterback, so in essence, you're supposed to be the leader of the team. I'm usually okay when a quarterback shows some emotion, but then you're also a rookie. And I don't think it's a great look when you're going after DeAndre Hopkins. Now, I don't know if DeAndre Hopkins had any problem with it. He kind of just took his helmet off and walked away from Will Levis. But eh, it did look a little bit odd. But we've seen worse things happen on the football field. Not a big deal. Here is Terry McLaurin. Commanders got smacked by the uh, Miami Dolphins. And this is the star wide receiver not having any catches on Sunday. Nah, I ran a lot of cardio. So huh. it happens. It's, it's, it, you know, it comes with it when it's when it's tough. But yeah, it's frustrating. But I'm gonna continue to run my routes hard. So that's what I'm gonna do. At the end of the day, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna quit. But yeah, it's frustrating. That's like the definition of someone that you want in your team, right? We all know he should have a catch, and he doesn't like he makes a joke, lighthearted joke, and then he's just gonna keep on working in Terry McLaurin. Uh, here is Ron Rivera on McLaurin. Uh, having uh, no catches. 
Yeah, I've talked with Terry before, and you know we've talked about those things, and I know he's talked to Eric, and, and he's gone in, and he and EB have, have have good conversations, from what I understand, and to me that's the way you handle it is you you go in and, and you talk directly, and, and I think that's you know that's big of what he's been doing, you know it's been big of him to come in and fight the the the, the frustration and talk about it if, if that's what needs to be. It's so pointless to have Ron Rivera still coaching this team. Like you're in a bye week. Hand it over to the enemy, and away you go for the final four weeks of the season. Really is pointless. Uh, here is uh, Jaden Daniels, who's supposed to win the Heisman Trophy, courtesy of USA Today uh, Sports, on Florida State, right? Getting left out of the college football playoff. It sucked knowing that, you know, they put in all the work in, and obviously you weren't rewarded for it. And, you know, we played down uh, week one, so, you know, obviously losing Jordan was a, a big deal for uh, Florida State. And, uh, you know, I, I personally think, uh, obviously, they kind of did it just because of, uh, you know, raiding the viewership and stuff like that. Yeah, they're, they're not going to leave the one-loss SEC champ out. They're just not. And I said that going in, like, Alabama wins, even though it's tough to kind of figure out how they'll get in, they'll eventually get in. And, you know, I don't know if it's about ratings and money and necessarily all that. You know, it has to factor in some capacity, but it's... More so, they didn't view Florida State as this great team without Jordan Travis. So Joe Tessitore, who has advocated for Florida State to get into the playoff and he was doing the call the AC championship game, he had a little contentious back and forth with FSU fans at the Tallahassee Quarterback Club where he was speaking. Do you think it's appropriate to use players' injury just to accomplish a predetermined goal of including the SEC champions into the playoffs? Come on, man. We're going to our predetermined goal. You know, I mean, I don't even know what to tell you there. Like, what? The process is the process. I've told you what my thoughts are, but, like, if this is, like, a gotcha moment, huh. I'm not sitting here. Let me, let's get something straight. I got a paycheck from ESPN. I work for my wife and two kids. That's who I work for. Okay, like, so you think they should be in the playoff and then the whole wife and kids and gone? I don't know. All right. Joe Tessitore. I kind of have enough of Joe Tessitore ever since Monday Night Football, if I'm being not frank with everybody. Uh, Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram were asked, will they celebrate the in-season uh, uh, championship that they're in the Final Four for? You mentioned that you guys like to have fun. Have you thought at all about how you're going to celebrate if you're able to pull this off? No, <laughs> <laughs> nah, we ain't thought about it, but I know it's going to be a good time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's amazing. And that kind of encapsulates everyone's thoughts on the in-season tournament. It's such a... I'm trying to debate if the reporter knew he was, like, trolling, knew what he was doing there, or if that was, like, a genuine, oh, I'm excited about this tournament. You're going to celebrate if you win the championship. I kind of think it was the former, where he was trying to get a reaction, and both Simon Williamson and Brendan Ingram were like, celebrate? Like, this? It's nothing. It's a money grab. Like, yeah, you get money, you win, all that, all, all that, but stupid. It's really dumb that the NBA is doing it. It shows how pointless and inane that it is. All righty, we'll wrap it up. That's the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Right. I'd like to thank Nicole Arbach for stopping by. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for listening and watching and tweeting away on the show. You can always follow me on social media at Zach Gelb, Z-A-C-H-G-E-L-B, Instagram and Twitter. Moist Mike, great job. As always, Stuart Kovacs as well. And we'll be back tomorrow on a very busy football Friday as it all gets started right here on CBS Sports Radio at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific tonight. I think it's the under. I like the Steelers anytime touchdown. 
Steel is going to win the game. Have a good one, everybody. We out. Bye-bye. Peace. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.